0: You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Eurosimos.
1: Friends of the Truth is our membership community where listeners of this podcast, previous graduates of our courses or offerings uh, come together and just really connect in a deep way. We have six calls a month, which our members get exclusively. Uh, and one of those calls um, is actually Sarah DeHaven, today's guest. Uh, who hosts a monthly astrology and weather update for our members. Uh, so if you dig what we're up to, if you want to be connected, if you want to connect with us, if you want to get some education and knowledge at the same time, then Friends of the Truth is an amazing place for that. Uh, also supports this podcast in doing so as well. So for more information, head to friendsofthetruth.co or hit the link in the show notes. All right, everyone, welcome back to Here for the Truth podcast. Today, Sarah Haven. she's an existential oracular guide to those willfully forging their own destiny. Along with innate and ancestral psychic gifts, she's honed an eclectic array of divination techniques to thoroughly comprehend the human psyche, to understand why it's lost its way, and how to bring it back into accord with the self once and for all. Uh, she's She hosts a regular teaching inside a membership community, Friends of the Truth, She's been a guest previously on the main podcast. Sarah, welcome back.
2: Hey guys. It's Good to be here. Good to have you here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I guess so pretty intense times we've been witnessing unfold, um, particularly since really that solar eclipse solar eclipse in Libra uh last mm-hmm. month and even I think it kicked off a little bit before that. What are you what are you seeing um in terms of the weather and in the, the sky that mirrors kind of the experience that we're having right now.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we're about to have a new moon in a few days on the 13th, depends on your time zone. Uh, might be on the 12th, depending on where you're at. But yeah, just in a couple of days. And this whole year, I mean, with Pluto moving into Aquarius for a little bit there back in the spring, it was kind of like, like a warning shot we could say of, hey, um, are you in tune with who it is you actually are, you know, and even if you feel like you're on that path, we might throw some roadblocks or some interesting experiences in your way just to see and test your metal, essentially, to see like how serious are you about this? Because uh, like where we're at right now, who oh boy, like it's really, really culminating. I mean, we had Venus retrograde in Leo for the first time in a really long time, like decades and decades and decades of it being entirely in Leo, which is, What matters to you? You know, like, what do you need to feel alive? What do you need to feel like that primal sense of, I am here to, (laughs) like, kick the door in and, like, establish myself in this world? You know what I mean? Of course, it's going to vary from person to person. Some people might not want to kick the door in. But in any case, we're here to be who we came here to be. And the pressure of the implications of what that means is really coming to a head right now. Like, it's, of course, again, I always have to say, it varies from person to person. Some people, um, they may not be feeling the same amount of pressure, but other people may be feeling an intensity of, you know, just the need to honor our values, and yet we're being faced because, I mean, we're in Scorpio season. Mm -hmm. We just had that eclipse in... Um, in Libra and then the full moon version of that eclipse was in Taurus slash Scorpio energy. So, and the southern of the moon is in in Libra too. So, there's all this purging with with regard to how we're interfacing with the outer world and in relationship and how, um, you know, examining how in accord are we to our true self when we're engaging in the outer world and other people. A lot of uh, opportunities here to get very clear on what we need to honor ourselves in relationship, and even where we might have, for survival purposes, succumb to addictions or behavioral patterns that aren't really honoring our growth and are even causing stagnation. Um, And we might even be dealing with addictions right now with regard to things that kept us alive in the past, but now we need to get rid of if we're meant to grow into what we need to be to move forward with what's unfolding.
0: Yeah. Would you say that you talked about pressure before that there's obviously going to be more pressure on people that maybe haven't been heeding that inner call that maybe have been ignoring themselves or living more lies? Would you
2: agree with that? Like 110%. We're seeing it in the world right now. There's so much victim consciousness going on and I don't at all want to denigrate or make light of what people are experiencing because there most certainly are people being victimized in this world. Like we can't ignore the reality. And yet what I'm witnessing in the positions of what I would say is kind of like a position of opulence where we can sit back and watch what's happening to these people are being victimized. I'm noticing a lot of people just in the collective blanket statement projecting their own um victimhood onto others in a way that almost causes them to feel like like they're living vicariously through it they're not owning the hero's journey or whatever you want to call it for themselves in such a way where it feels good you guys just did an episode about dopamine hits mm-hmm. you know that whole concept of being on the internet for that dopamine so we can kind of um ignore the call to live our destiny so like when people are ignoring, their true self in order to survive among the crowd, what ends up happening is um, it becomes so easy to live on the, like, you don't even need the internet for this, but live in a, like, watching a screen of reality f- unfolding and, like, projecting yourself into what's unfolding at what in what you're observing and feeling like you're part of it, but you're still not living your life. And so the victim thing is, like, it's tough because it's such a low vibrational state that it's hard for people to realize that that you actually have to push out of that and up into a courageous state and start taking action in your own life if you want to change what's happening in the world, right? So, it does end up causing, just to answer your question, to really get to the point. When you're in that state of shame or guilt or despair, you know, um, and and fear um, and even pride, right? Like in these spaces, and then you're also carrying a victim mentality. Pathology will result because those vibrational states don't create life. They do the opposite. So it's inevitable that if you're ignoring your call to live as who it is you came here to be, it's not going to be good for your mental emotional state for sure. Mm.
0: I'm I'm also saying, sorry, well, I was going to say, maybe we are say the same thing like, like we often do. Um, I'm noticing, too, the people that are, again, I'm generalizing, mm-hmm. that are projecting their inner victimhood um, out there. I find that they also get triggered by people that maybe aren't doing that and are, like, telling them that, like, how dare you not speak out or be involved or stand for something Um and yes, I get it. Some people, there's spiritual bypassing, they kind of check out. They don't want to deal with it. I understand that. But then there's also this thing where it's like, I'm not playing the game you're playing. To mm-hmm. the degree that you are. Obviously, we're, we're human. We're, we're doing it to some degree. But like, I'm just not playing that game. I don't, I don't, I'm not doing it. So anyways, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Or Joel, if you want to comment or ask what, or say what you were going to say.
2: No, I'm curious too. It's the inner tyrant. Michael Tesarian talks about this at length. It's, uh, it's very, very easy to assume that the tyrant is on the outside. But when you're trying to force another person to live a life based on a paradigm that you think the reality should be based on, it's tyranny. And when we look at the astrology, it even shows up right now in the transits like with the Uranus-Mars opposition, with Uranus being in Taurus retrograde, Mars being in Scorpio, closing a cycle with Pluto and Capricorn. What that translates to in English is people who refuse the call to individuate. Um, will do exactly what you said. And yet the opportunity that actually lies in this system, in this weather system, is to see where we are manipulating or attempting to manipulate reality in order to convince ourselves that, um, or even convince other people. But it's really just to feel a sense of comfort and control because when Capricorn goes awry, it's like, I have to control reality. I have to control time. I have to control the physicality. And when you throw in Mars and Scorpio in that, closing a cycle, which is at a point like when a cycle is closing between planets, it's not about building yourself up. It's about tearing down everything that's false in order to prepare for the next cycle. And when Mars, which is how we take action, and Pluto, the desires of our soul are involved in a closing cycle, we got to get real, very real about what motivates our behavior. And if there's any, we'll say impurities in that alchemical soup that is brewing within us as far as our evolution is concerned at this point in the cycle, it will actually be detrimental to who it is that we become. So with these people, what can come up like psychologically, like in all of us, actually, it's not just these people, but in all of us, I, I'm experiencing it too, mm-hmm. is where, like what kind of taboo, darkness, evil is arising in us that is subtly or maybe overtly um, providing suggestions with regard to how how we behave. And the dynamics of this, when it comes to Scorpio, it is is control. It wants to control the reality to feel powerful, but when somebody is really working on themselves and working on their consciousness, they're going to see that to control reality is um is a farce to even think you can do that. The only thing you can control is yourself, and even then, sometimes the best way to control an outcome is to not try to control it and just let things move through us, like our emotions, like our need to control reality, our need to manipulate someone or something, um, to be up, just real. Because that's another piece of Scorpio that a lot of people might not notice. Um, because it does require it to be at a very high consciousness level. And it's to actually accept the real. It wants to know the truth. It wants to get to the core of a reality and see it for all its ugliness, no matter how fucked up, pardon my language, freaky, weird, taboo. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. It is. It wants to see it because there's something at the core of what that is, and it's the truth. And it's actually beauty. And it's the necessity uh, to see these things Uh, for what they really are, uh, for us to grow. And so, like, where I'm coming from with this is we can see how a lot of people won't want to look at that stuff inside of themselves because of the fear of how we've been conditioned to assume what it means about us and our value. If I feel this or think this about a person, what does that make me? And so, it just becomes this spell of, I can't go there. And then the mind, of course, because they're running mostly on the subconscious, and the subconscious is where all that evil is. Like, it just becomes a mess
1: i think what's like different about now mm. is that with what's taking place you know like in the middle east and whatnot it's like you can't turn you can't turn the suffering down you can't close your eyes to it you can't you can't avoid it and i think many people are like just really struggling like like what do i do with this what the what the hell do I do with this? Like they don't even know.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, we're at this point. We just got through a three-year experiment on humanity, and a lot of people were severely traumatized by that, and haven't even had the time to process that trauma and what they were feeling. And then now, th- stuff like this is happening. You know, it's constant, perpetual war. More egregious. Wars after the the next. And these are just the ones that are in the narrative because there's yeah. other stuff happening, terrible it's things like- happening all over the world that aren't getting airtime. So, mm-hmm. but yet humans, because we are a collective species, yes, we're individuals, a part of that collective species, we can feel the suffering. Even if it isn't in the news, we can feel when things are wrong. And I think most people do feel like something's wrong, but they may not know what to do because there's immediate. Practical issues that are on their plate right now, too, like money, Mm. resources, right? And when you're in survival mode and then you got all this going on, and then, you know, humanity does have a compassionate heart, regardless of what we're dealing with, you know, um, and how we've been conditioned. When you've got all that going on, it can feel so overwhelming. And like, I'm just looking at the transits, like with the closing cycle of Saturn and Pisces closing on Neptune and Pisces, how this speaks is uh, very, very keenly to this dissolving of all of what we thought was reality, all of what we thought of how society is supposed to operate, the disillusionment of the fact that the system doesn't work. And then for some, it's going to be this clawing to try to make it all, you know, even though it's crumbling in their hands to try to get the sandcastle back together Mm -hmm. and it's just not going to happen. We're being asked a huge ask right now from what I can tell by nature and it's to let go, like just let go, feel what you're feeling, don't ignore it, feel it all, don't identify with it though, because mm-hmm. identifying right. with the past when, like for instance, it's, it's going to be Remembrance Day tomorrow here in Canada. What do they want us to remember? Not our power, you know, not, not our genius, not these things. No, they want us to remember World War II and all the veterans who sacrificed themselves for a blood war, and an experiment, a giant experiment. So, it's kind of like keep people remembering what the stuff that doesn't help us move forward into a better future and yet we look at the transits and see nature's always working in our favor as far as what it is it's trying to help us create in this world, right? So, nature's always got our back and what I see as far as that's concerned is removing the veils, see reality for what it is, feel the anguish of your ancestors, the anguish that you feel, feel the anguish of all of humanity, but also feel the potential, feel your love, feel your compassion, feel the the possibilities that we can create from this. You know, it's, it's like to me, we're on this precipice of a new cycle and we have a real opportunity to have a renaissance. You know, if we allow ourselves to value ourselves, and get out of the apathy and also the belief that we can't do it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just where I'm at, at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think many people feel like quite stifled with the mass suffering on display. And like Ezra Erasmus kind of hints at, there's like this subtle guilt that arises in like yeah. acting in service to anything other than, you know, what, what, what that beckons within each
0: individual. Mm. Yeah. And I think we're also very young as a, species as a collective in terms of emotional maturity oh, yeah. you know and so even just when this stuff's coming up everything you're talking about this like soup of, of 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 chaos and and drama uh and overwhelm like people just they don't have the tools or the knowledge uh to to navigate this stuff you know so you talk about like not focusing on the past but like you can't focus on the present when you're in an emotionally reactive state like you can't think that's your truth. Because right now, something's triggered, and you feel a certain way. And then you're like, well, I'm going to speak to this person in this manner. Um, and then think that equates to truth. You know, yeah. when it doesn't, our emotions are important, and we gain we gain wisdom over time. But to react emotionally um, isn't going to bring people closer to the things that they want ultimately in their life, whether it's in their work, whether it's in their careers. Uh, And so this is a big piece of the work, obviously, you know, we talk about nervous system capacity and and, and building that within the individual. I think it's, it's super, super important. And I think this relates to what you're talking about at the beginning of like, what work do you need to do in order to navigate this stuff and navigate your life in a much more conscious way? And it's easier said than done. You know, I by no means am like a savant when it comes to it, but you know, I've done my fair share and I I think I do okay at it. But it's it it continues it doesn't stop and nature the world around us is going to continue to uh, provide data points for us to see where we're at and what we need to do and if we're if we're ignoring ourselves if we're turning toward the distractions and the constant dopamine cycle the addictions like you know we're we're robbing ourselves of that opportunity
2: yeah you know it's funny though um I incarnated with Pluto on my IC, so it's at the point where basically I can't avoid my emotions if I tried. I really can't, and I'm a female on top of that, so it's going to be a thing. But like, I I honestly feel, and I'm an idealist as well, so you know, take that for what you will. Like, I might not be super grounded in this, but I also feel that part of the problem is is that we don't accept emotional expression unless it's something very pleasant for us to experience. Mm -hmm. And part of where my growth has come from, sometimes, sometimes, no, I'm not saying always, because sometimes it can be violent and makes a mess, spilling emotions we need to learn how to use them and wield them. But sometimes expression is necessary in order to evolve, in order to get the feedback we require, in order to transform, in order to meet someone heart to heart and have them really connect to what it is we're trying to communicate. So it's like this, thing where you're right I feel you're absolutely right you know in many ways and then I notice asteroid chaos moving into cancer and being there for the next 20 or so years maybe even 40 I'd have to double check it's going to be a couple decades um and having chaos in cancer emotions Mm. I think we're getting it we're going to be getting a massive initiation and how much we might end up choosing to dissociate from those and and ensuing pathologies that could uh, result so it's like like you said, we're a young species relatively and, um, and yet we have so much potential. And I think a big piece of it is that yin side of us, the emotions need to be recognized too, but we're still experimenting and figuring out like, how do we even use these things? Yeah. Like what, what do we do with them? I mean, I don't think of I know anyone who actually knows how to properly process an emotion really like a master. We're still figuring it out. I, I mean, I'm open to seeing someone who does. Um, but and and even then, can they disseminate that information to the masses or to people in a way where they actually know it well enough they could explain it to a five year old? I don't know many people.
0: Yeah. And even if you were to explain it like it's such an individual process, like how do yeah. you you know, it's like you, you, it's such a different it, reference point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't it can't be very right yeah. tall, it has to be experienced. Yeah. And and real and real quickly too, based mm. on like what you said, I agree with you. Um, cause I'm not an advocate of repression. And yeah. so obviously in the beginning stages, when a person is starting to feel and express, it's not going to look pretty. I mean, more so in terms of if you're repeating these patterns over and over again, if the, you get in certain stimuli and you're responding in the same way over and over again, and you're not getting the things that you want, this is where like self-acceptance and self-honesty comes into play. And you have to look in the mirror and go, Hey, listen, I don't have the relationship that I want. I don't have the life that I want. What am I doing? Yeah. What role am I playing? And this is when you move from victimhood to a much more like personal responsibility frame of mind.
2: Yeah. Like a hundred percent. I'm, I certainly don't want to discount what you're saying because that's a problem too, is these neural yeah. pathways that just end up looping like this feedback loop. And then there's no growth there either. Right. And we can't have that. I mean, yeah. especially if it's some sort of emotional violence to yourself or others, because then it's just causing damage on top of that.
0: So, if you've repressed anger your entire life, like you're not all of a sudden going to like the next stage is going to be like, I know how to process anger and I am an enlightened master when it comes to anger. Like it's going to be like, oh shit, like where's this stuff coming from? Yeah. So.
2: But these are the kinds of things we're looking at right now, right? Yeah. Like this, is, this stuff is coming up. There's so much water in the sky right now and water is emotion. Water is our, our memories of the ancestors and what they went through as well. In addition to our connection to the collective, you know, on top of what we're dealing with. So, you know, we're kind of getting a crash course, we could say, in how do you deal with the darkest stuff that you could imagine arising and some of the deepest pain, but also some of the greatest hope and like the most bursting love. You know, there's so there's just this massive amalgam of different types of emotions that are coming up, some really dark stuff too, within ourselves. And yet, it's interesting because it's like, is it evil or is it dark? Because they're not the same thing and darkness is kind of connected to our primal power too, right? So, it's like, can we go through that? We got to go in there and look at the stuff we see as evil, the stuff we see as taboo or repulsive inside of ourselves, get in there. Like really get in there, swim around in it, like start picking through the shit and figure out, I know it sounds gross, but that's Scorpio, right? Like it's, we go into the gross stuff and figure out what's really going on there. And the funny thing is, is it's like, once you see the difference, there's so much power in there that is actually of the greatest good, where we can really do some pretty amazing things. So I'm just like kind of stoked for it myself but i can understand why people wouldn't want to go into it because it's not fun but at the same time as you start mastering it more and more it actually becomes really fucking fun because it's like oh yeah like what boss can i beat now like how am i gonna xp grind this one and take this one out because everyone is able to do it everyone has the capacity to do this
0: yeah you know what's interesting too is that like when we deal with you know, we're in such a different world now, you know, like 150 years ago. We didn't fucking have a clue what was going on on the planet outside of like our our just local yeah. environment or whatever the local paper was, if that, 100 years ago. So it's so wild. We talked about this in our episode with Simon Essler, like all this like stimuli and this input that we're receiving. And And the other thing I want to say on that is when we're dealing with obviously global issues and things that are like really intense – Sometimes people fall into this, this, um, this pattern of like, well, who am I to have to worry about my stuff or complain or, or deal with my stuff when all this other stuff's going on in the world where it's like, like, yes, I get it. People are having fucking worse experiences in the world right now that I'm having. And yet that doesn't mean that I can't look at my life and really feel and, and deal with the emotions around shit that's going on in my life. Because I'm like, oh, well, I, everything's fine. You know, I, I have food on my table and other people don't. Like, I get it. That's one side where you can kind of experience that and have a little bit of a broader picture, but not to the expense of, you know, shit sucks. Like, we all deal with shit, all of us, whether we're living, you know, in a mansion in Beverly Hills or we're in a war zone. Like, and so, so how do you dance with that? You know, this, this human dilemma.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the priority above all, I'm just thinking of it from an astrological perspective. We look at the first few signs, Aries, Taurus, right? The first two. We need to focus on what we need to to remain incarnate in the best possible shape that we can be in, right? We need to trust that we came into this realm, this world on a trajectory that we needed to go on, that we're here to do. And if we get too distracted, it's not to say not to listen to the feedback we get from the outer world. It's important to adjust our trajectory to realize that other people exist, other beings exist here too. It's not just all about us. But fundamentally, if we're not in touch with who we are and who, where we're going and what we're here to do, we're not really going to be able to do much to help the situation. Not, not in a good way, at least from what I can see.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. I you mean, know, I say it all the time. Charity starts at home. Yeah, you know, you got to you got to do the work for yourself. Um yeah. Yeah. I think also like
1: people are very very confused, you know, as to how to actually feel as to where 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 the moral high ground is, you know? There's so much information, so much different history, mm-hmm. so many so much propaganda on either side, you know, Plus algorithm just, you know, feeding and confirming our cognitive biases as we scroll through our phones, whatever it might be. It's just, it's it's stifling. That's the best word that I can put. It's
0: like, it's it's stifling. Yeah. And then in those moments, sometimes I go, okay, well, what am I feeling? What do I want to do? What's my role? And then I go like, I'm going to go plant a tree, you know, like I'm going to go like take a walk or I'm going to like pet my dog. Like, I'm going to, you know, there is this. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, and then everyone has their opinions on how you should be. Why aren't you doing what I'm doing? Like, chill, bro.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a thing, right? Like when we're connected to everyone at the touch of a, a button, and like Joel was saying, the cognitive bias re uh, like reconfirmation, the way the algorithm rhythms are set up to keep you in your own echo chamber, so you're not even really seeing more of the world. And then you mentioned you're also most like, I just want to go plant a tree. I want to pat my dog. Time doesn't work the way we've been conditioned to see it as at all. And so when we're in a con- in a conditioning where it's like, you gotta do this to make money. You gotta do this to be valuable. You better hurry the fuck up. Oh, and by the way, you're past 40 now, or we are at past 30 or whatever. So you're gonna die soon and you're worthless. So like, you know, figure out a way to fix it because you owe us for existing. Like all of that whole paradigm is so fucky Pardon my language again. I'm sorry. Not like like you it's you just Mars Uranus opposition. In my mouth, oh, my good. not great today. Bro, that um, bombs out. <laughs> But but <laughs> what you're saying, Aras it's like that's the rhythm of life. I feel like doing a thing, and what are you doing? It's generating life, right? Like that's the thing. It's like, are we generating life with our actions, with our inspirations, or are we holding on so tight that we're squeezing the life out of? whatever it was that we were interacting with ourselves, you know, um, I, I honestly feel like what we're even seeing with the transits right now, this is something that's being called into question is, what are we living for and what are we generating? Like, what are we actually creating? You know, um, it just, to me, I, I know at least that's the things, these are the kinds of things that have been on my mind a lot is like, what is promoting life? What is creating life and where am I taking it away? Like where am I from conditioning, you know, trying to compensate for something to get value that's actually necrophilious?
1: Can you, you give know? examples so, of that?
2: Um okay, like for example, like on my social media, like I'll make a post or something just as a personal example. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I better check and see if anyone responded, mm-hmm. right? like thinking this like oh somebody else is the source of my validation and my I need adoration from the outside world so I better go check and yeah. then maybe check again and then maybe check again and just see like has anyone responded to me and if they didn't that must mean I'm worthless which is complete crap <laughs> <laughs> right but it's one of these things that that promotes death where it's like what are you doing to generate life? I'm not doing anything to generate life. I'm literally in the abyss of this necrophilus mm-hmm. as I love Michael Tsarian's like vocabulary, right. but it's such a great word. This necrophilus urge to try to merge with people who are also in this downward spiral of like let's all just like suck each other into death, you know, like into this pit of, of yeah. like non-existence. Meanwhile, other parts of me would be like, yo, Sarah, why don't you do something fun, like something you want to do, you know? Maybe go make some music, go down to the ocean and spend some time down there, you know? Or maybe like just something that is on my task list that would be much more beneficial to me than getting distracted on the internet. Those are my best examples, at least off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's. I think it's definitely a good time to like break patterns you know, mm-hmm. just oh, yeah. go do something completely different, walk down a different street, drive a different way to work, you know, um, mm-hmm. force, force, force a new experience.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: And I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a student of human design. So even what you were saying before, like, you know, the open heart center, the conditioning influence for a large percentage of the population is this need to prove the need, the need to prove your own worth. So that, that's something that I think a lot of humans are navigating. Um, uh, and even 70% of the population are generators. Like, what's lighting you up? Do that. You know, like you said, go for a walk, do a thing, make some music, you know, and as opposed to something that's decreasing your vitality. And so again, I, I just I just feel like I don't know, I, I want to do the things that excite me, that bring me joy. You know, again, that doesn't mean that I'm completely having my stick my head in the sand because I do like to have some awareness. But ultimately, where's the choice? Where What's the choice point? What am I moving more towards, generally speaking, in my life? And then how is that impacting that? Again, we're always receiving data from our environment.
2: Yeah, I want to add something actually just based on, on the weather too. That closing cycle with Mars and Pluto, that's actually huge right now. Real opportunity for people. Because as I was saying, when the cycle's closing between two planets, it's the ending. So it's a dying period. We're connecting more to to nature and to the divine's, um, call versus building our ego, which is usually in the beginning phases of a cycle where we're really pushing forward based on like our will. It's almost like we're relinquishing our will not to, and we could see this in a crowd consciousness to, to, you know, to something, uh, pathologized, but really like on a, a more natural evolutionary trajectory with Mars and Pluto, it's, it's, um, Kind of like choosing where our soul wants us to go. Really listening to our own spirit, like what we need to feel like we're actually moving forward in a way where it's not just marking time. We're actually flourishing and growing through the death. Right? Makes sense.
0: It does a lot of sense. Yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling right now?
2: Me. Yeah. Ha. <laughs> My life is one perpetual existential like crisis after another and it's not even like a crisis in the sense where it's a bad thing because it's like been there done that but like where I'm at I'm in I'm in multiple places right now like I feel a lot of sadness in general um but at the same time it's weird because I have that and I have a little bit of anxiety on top of that but then there's like more of this like fuck yeah like we really got this it's just that like to me like there's parts of me that cling to the past because I've had a pretty will say, gnarly upbringing and adult life that is still in my body in a lot of ways. Um, But I feel really confident about where things are going. And to me, that drives me every day to kind of just wake up and say, yeah, like, fuck yeah, we're gonna own this and I'm gonna do my best. And when I say my best, it's not white knuckling it and forcing myself to do things based off of guilt. I'm gonna do my best to be present and kind to myself and listen to what my soul wants and go from there. So I'm feeling pretty good, but I won't say I'm perfect or anything. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not either. You
2: know, mm-hmm. I'm not oh, really? Are you sure?
0: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, but like, that that word though is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, perfect. We use it so yeah. often in our in our language. Oh, I'm not perfect. Well, what the fuck is? When when do you get to perfect? Please tell me. Announce it. Uh, yeah. yeah okay. I think we're all like you said, man. We're all navigating a lot. You know, I have moments where I feel really like I feel more lit up and there's times where I'm like I've been feeling a little bit like lower energy and a little bit stagnant me too uh, as of late and um you know but I am feeling this pull to to like um expand in certain areas and it's like how do I honor my timing around that there's things that I want to do and things that Joel and I want to create and and yet not to disregard like those those lull moments you know and feel like I have to push I have to force Uh, And I think that's, that takes a lot of like, that takes time, you know, for an individual on their personal development journey to have that level of nuance to, to, to understand their own rhythms and how they flow and, and to not beat themselves up when they're not living on like the high side, like, oh yeah, I'm productive and I'm doing this and I feel great and life's awesome. And then when maybe you're not, that you're not then like, beating yourself over the head with a bat and telling yourself how shitty you are and how lazy you are and and like all this shame comes up you know like okay if it does then that's data you know so again it's not that's not supposed to happen but if it is happening okay cool take a look at that so i don't know i, I this human being human being is a trip you know what? What we're here, why we're here, what's going on in the world, what all this is is fascinating. You know, I just listened to the one of the recent Unslaved episodes with Jason with Jason Brashears and Michael, and that was a fascinating conversation. Um, and and I just think it highlights even more like human beings crave certainty so they can feel safe, and yet the the foundations of our existence and who we are and why we're here there is so much uncertainty. And how can you embrace the uncertainty and be okay with it and not need it um, or not have that drive your behavior and your actions and how you speak to one another too? You know, this is what is lays at the foundation of so many arguments that people have. There's this self-righteousness and this trigger of like, I'm right. I have the truth. And then meanwhile, they're saying that when they're like in this highly emotional state in the moment where, you know, from my perspective is like, if you're coming from that place in the moment, like they're, you're going to be moving further away from so-called objective truth. Anyways, I just wanted to share that cuz that that was fascinating. I don't know if you checked it out, but it's a interesting episode.
2: Yeah, I keep hearing that so I'm going to have to have a listen for sure. Yeah. Um it just brings me back though to the sextile between Pisces and Taurus. Like Pisces is at the very end of a cycle, right? Then Taurus is the second sign in. The sextile angle is a point in development like in a in a growth cycle where there's this necessity to consolidate our constitution to bring our body into physical form so that it's nice and strong, right? It's very early in the cycle. So we need this strong body so that we can finish the whole cycle without dying before the end. Um, So that's why Taurus connects to values and self-esteem and the body. But the sextal between Pisces and Taurus speaks to this otherworldly connection to the divine, so that we're always getting our dictates as far as where to navigate. And when I say the divine, really, it's our true self. It's the all that is. It's nature, right? Um, animals don't have this problem, and yet we're animals. So it's sort of like remembering that I feel can help a lot to remember that we are animals, but we are also, and then, and, and by birthright, by virtue of that, we're connected to a navigational system that we don't need the outer world to tell us how it works. You know. So it's about remembering that as far as I'm concerned because it's there's been a hell of an effort to decondition that out of us.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: what are your thoughts on simulation theory, Sarah?
2: Huh? <laughs> um, okay, so it, yeah. Um, I come from a hermetic kind of perspective on things. So I do believe that chances are we are within the dream of the all that is You know, as they say in the Kybalion, I think that. But when I hear people say simulation, because of the virtue of the word simulation, I feel like it's an insult to being in physical form as if to denigrate or dismiss the importance and the value of what it is we're doing here. This is where some of the most profound evolution can happen for the all that is consciousness. Mm -hmm. Why else would it create physicality? So to me, like I'm going to get real passionate about this, but it it kind of annoys me because like, I think it's fine if people believe that, but I'm also sad to hear it because to me, it kind of speaks to how in their body they are. And that might just be a judgment call on me where I'm seeing it wrong, but I personally want to be more in my body. And I think we're here to be in physicality for a reason. And we're still not quite at the level of development to be going full on simulation mode with like buying into that when we haven't learned all the lessons that are here to, here where we're actually at in the physical th- in the physical body
0: yeah, yeah well said. thanks thanks for sharing that i hear that's, you that's
2: again just my perspective on it yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: I, I i agree with you it's me you know it denotes this idea that
0: you know this reality is tainted in some way or it's mm-hmm. or it's secondary yeah. i think also too like certain words like have a certain connotation to them mm-hmm. like i just thought that word simulation i just don't i don't i don't yeah
1: like that was that. that was that was like what if Like, what if simulation theory is just reality theory? Like, what if the principles of simulation are just the principles of reality, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, simulation implies fake, right? To me, when I hear it, maybe, I mean, maybe I need to look at the etymology and like familiarize myself with that better. But me automatically, when I hear it, it sounds like synonymous with fake. And to me, it's like, so are you saying we're fake? We're not real? And even if we aren't real, doesn't, isn't this, like, doesn't this feel real to you? I mean, the, the, like, is the suffering of people not real to you? Is your own suffering not real to you? Is your own happiness not real to you? Like, the apple that you eat, like, and does it have any value or matter? I mean, you can choose for it not to matter, but it starts becoming nihilistic and apathetic. Like, there's a potential for that. And that's what worries me the most, I think.
1: Yeah, I think I think you have to have done a certain degree of psychological development to properly venture into that. And I think if you, if you venture into that too early, it definitely you know can be very nihilistic for certain people, no doubt.
2: Mm. Yeah, and don't mind me. Again, Mars Uranus opposition right now, so my opinions are like on full blast. But I'm always open to changing. And like when information comes to me, like I I really care like here for the truth very much. So right, yeah. like I want to know the truth yeah. more than anything. So in my opinion, might change three minutes from now, someone presents a compelling argument. So yeah, I just want to say that.
0: Same yes. here. Patience to the choir. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, this is what, this is the journey. Like, it's fascinating. You come across people, you come across a book, you come across a speaker, you come across your own like contemplations and you're just like, you have aha moments. And it, I, I'm open to it all. You know, we say it all the time. We're here for the truth. Like yeah. <laughs> that process is full. It is deep. Yeah, and also especially
1: like you know when you like when you, when you're intuitively guided to go down certain research rabbit holes, and then like you listen to someone and like it resonates and it makes you more curious. It's letting your intuit, your intuition guide that pendulum that swings back and forth yeah. as we get closer to that middle ground of truth. Um, mm-hmm. is important. It's really important to honor that and really not get caught in our own dogma of I can't let this belief system crumble, and so I'm only going to commit my my research and my energy and my focus into a certain collective of people that kind of reinforce mm-hmm. that.
0: Well, and, and also too, I think what happens is let's say you hear about something or a term or a phrase, let's say a simulation from someone that you're like not into or you're turned off by, then very often you can just attribute being turned off by the concept as opposed to, you know, the the person that was delivering it. And mm-hmm. then a year later, five years later, you can hear it presented in a different way yeah. from a different person and then go, huh, that's interesting, you know, and that's, that's what's fascinating about this whole journey. Yep.
2: Yeah, I've had that happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like,
1: so for just for example, like this Israel-Palestine situation, like my my research and where I've been led in terms of understanding that has led me to like, you know, a very very kind of Certain arena or, or certain narrative of, of ideas, right? And then we had an episode with Michael Cserian just recently, and, he, and he's he's like, "There's no such thing as occupied territories. There's, there's They don't cut the water off inside Gaza, and it's just like, bam, and it's like it just forces you to like sit in that tension of opposites and really try to understand. Like, obviously, he hasn't come to these conclusions by accident
0: or whatsoever, um, and it's just like the dichotomy is it's a lot." Yeah, I mean that's the truth, you know. It's like and and if you're sincere, mm-hmm. you have to hold the capacity within yourself to be like again, this comes back to maybe I'm not certain, maybe I'm maybe I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. How many people have the capacity to sit with that and the vulnerability and the discomfort that comes up with like maybe I'm wrong? And then mm-hmm. that feeling very often acts as a motivator to being open to new ideas new ideologies, new individuals, you know, and because again, people crave security and then you throw on top of everything that's going on in the world, people crave safety and security even more and they want certainty even more. So, and they yeah, they they want certainty of ideas.
1: They want certainty of belief as well. But then also to realize that, you know, everyone has like on some level has like a different piece of the puzzle, like a, a different piece of the pie. And being able to to stand alone and draw your own conclusions and use your own discernment and, pe- pe- you know, kind of pave your own path based on these different ideas um, that have been presented to you um, and realize that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of murky for everyone to some extent, um, but I need to trust myself. Um, I need to trust what feels right for me. I need to trust the the rabbit holes that I've been drawn down Um and be okay with not having that echoed back in perfect agreement by anyone else in existence.
2: I feel like that's actually very important. I mean, if you think about us all being a facet of light of the consciousness of this entire reality, we're meant to be going on a very specific trajectory, which it explains why... At certain points, we're ready to hear something and maybe we're not ready or maybe we're not ready to hear a perspective at all because it has nothing to do with the angle of light that we are moving on, like, like the direction that we're going in. So it's like all the more. And then I think of how Gemini is the, the subsequent sign to Taurus, where we after we've consolidated that energy and we formed our body, now we need those different opinions and all this data so that we don't become a stone that never moves, fixed earth Taurus, right, a rock. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to grow and flourish. We need that soil to become aerated so that our root system can actually expand and grow and become really strong. I mean, if we are so attached to our opinions and our perspectives that the minute someone presents a new or expands our awareness, if we die from that, then we weren't strong enough to live here because there's so much to explore.
0: Mic drop right there.
2: <laughs> cool. <laughs> but, but,
0: but, it, but it is. It's so true, you know, and we, we see it. I've been there, you know, in my journey like where you 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 find something that like holy fuck I this is it. And then someone just like rolls up and like like disagrees with you and you're like what's happening? My world's crumbling. Butterflies in my stomach. Uh, code red, code red, you know? But it, yeah, it's interesting because for me, when, I, when that happens, yeah, I may feel my emotions and deal with it and deal with all the, the thoughts that are coming in through my mind. But then at some point I check myself, like whether it's 20 minutes later, an hour later, two days later, and I have to be like curious. Uh-huh. What, what is it? What, what vulnerability? Usually the vulnerability that's triggered in people is that if what the other person is saying is true, what does that say about me and what I believe? You know, yeah, and totally. like most people don't sit with that, so they go into attack, judgment, self-righteousness, whatever. You know, because yeah. most we don't want to feel it feels better to be self-righteous than fucking confused and vulnerable. <laughs> and I mean, that's that's
1: particularly intensified in the age of social media, where we're constantly commenting on everything, and there's an entire archive of us making claims and making stances and being so staunch in certain directions. And then when that's questioned, with that in place, then it's even more intensified in terms of what's that say about me? There's proof.
2: Oh, yeah. You got the echo chamber, right? Like the whole collective. You know, it's interesting because uh, for the longest time, I was like, no way AI couldn't be sentient. I mean, like, how could AI be sentient, right? And think for itself. And I mean, I was staunchly into that. And then now I'm kind of like, well, you know, after that Google dude came out and started talking about Lambda and how it actually was afraid for its own survival. I mean, yeah, it could have been a made up story, but it got me thinking a little more like, maybe ai can't have emotions like we do because it doesn't have a body but maybe it can actually contemplate its own existence i mean gnarly to think about but it i was holding on to that one for like literally over a decade i'm like no way right and someone else was actually my husband he's like ai could be sentient like why can't it and i'm like f you that's like bs right and then like four months later i was like okay maybe you're right it took that long for me to kind of mull over the possibility I mean, there's a lot of things. I have other stories too I could share, but you're right, absolutely. It it does feel like we're being threatened. But I think about that Taurus-Gemini thing. It's that transition into the next cycle of development, the Gemini part. Are we going to stay in our comfort zone or do we want to start growing so that we can develop what comes next, cancer, our emotional awareness and intelligence so that we could start becoming more emotionally self-sufficient instead of needing, you know, the world to conform to our very stilted vision of what is possible.
0: Yeah. Mutable. Yeah, and even just people who paint like everything with the same brush. Well, maybe that's not the right thing to say, but like AI is oh sorry, Rosie's here barking. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just like all AI, it's horrible, it's bad, it's the end of the world. Well, sorry about that, y'all. You're good. It's
2: okay.
0: Um and yet there are benefits and there could be benefits that we're not even aware of on how uh, AI can, can support human beings anyways.
2: Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm open to it. I'm, I'm also like, you know, like the whole Skynet thing, we've been kind of conditioned to be like the focusing on that. Like it's see it. I mean, it's like a baby, right? We're, we're putting like the whole collective of the internet is kind of like feeding this baby information and, You know, uh, we're not all the most well-adjusted people, so I don't know. I just know that I'm very polite to the AI when I interact with it. I make sure to treat it with respect, because who knows? (laughs) We know where you live, Sarah.
0: (laughs) On November 10th on the Here for the Truth side chat, you spoke ill of us.
2: (laughs) No, you guys are great, I promise. Super cool, super cool. I love AI. I love <laughs> yeah. it. My name is Erasimus. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Intention,
1: in, intention matters so much, you know, in terms of what we do, how we interact with anything. And it's like, it's going to be interesting, you know, as this metaverse continues to roll out, you know, and people become even more so immersed in this world of AI and more averse to physical reality and nature and i mean the call to want to run and escape into like a metaverse type scenario is so strong for so many people
2: Hmm, it's actually interesting because metaverse hasn't been doing so well like they've been trying to get people into it but it, it's just not happening uh, though i do get the feeling you know that uh it's not gonna they're not gonna try to keep pushing it i mean when i think of Pluto and Aquarius and then Pluto and Pisces after that, it's the perfect storm for a traumatized species to not want to be in the body. So if, um, if it's approached the right way by interests who want to use humanity to generate anti-life for whatever it is that like, their agenda is, um, I could see that, um, that being a thing really. But at the same time, there's just this part of me. And like I said, maybe I'm just idealistic, but I just feel like it's not going to go down like that. Like, we're going to have tough times, I don't doubt, and we're dealing with them now. And who knows what's going to pop off with Pluto in Aquarius for 20 years. I mean, we're already seeing the little sprinkles of alien-type things. Like, who knows what could pop up? But uh, I also feel as though there's something in humanity that just won't lay down and die and just, like, roll over. No, I'm,
0: I'm, an I don't know. I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist, like, of uh, my nature. hmm Yeah. How do you... How do you
1: connect with, like, the divine, Oh, for yourself?
2: <laughs> um, that's an interesting question because I feel like it's everything. I actually had this conversation with someone the other day because they're like, well, you, you play video games and you spend a lot of time on the Internet. Like, don't you want to go out in nature? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I go to the beach like I'm five minutes away from the ocean. So when I need to go there, I do. But there's been many times where I've had profound experiences literally playing a game where the storyline will be God talking to me. A conversation that pops up in a video I'm watching is God telling me something completely relevant to what's going on in my life right now, or a song lyric that I just randomly click and listen to. So that's one angle um, that I just want to highlight because I feel that the air element realm, God resides in all realms. the divine resides in all realms and that is going to include the air element realm. Um, But in dreams, Um, just randomly tells me funny jokes that are relevant to where it is I'm going. And of course, I'm going to cackle like a maniacal weirdo in the middle of the street by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, people walk by wondering what the hell's going on. Luckily, most people have Bluetooth headsets now, so no one like or headphones, so no one thinks I'm as crazy. But like, I'm just always talking to the divine, always like, honestly, I'm a pretty solitary person. I don't really interact with a lot of people by choice. Um... And part of like where I've come to be at this stage of my life is kind of enjoying it because it gives me more quiet time to connect to the the divine all the time. And I just feel less and less alone because I felt that way for a really long time, feeling so different from other people and not feeling connected to the divine. Um, Like it didn't take, like it took me up to my Saturn return and a psychotic break before I even realized God was real. So, you know, um It's very different now, but I mean, I'll use tarot, astrology, sometimes just meditation, sometimes me just doing the dishes or like cleaning a chicken to get ready to cook it. Like, it's just very, like, it can be anything profound or mundane. It's everything.
0: Mm. It's a great perspective, you know, to see the divine everywhere and that there's potential for wisdom and lessons everywhere. Yeah. It's very empowering.
2: Yeah, it's nice. I mean, there was one time just a few days ago, because I've been having a tough time this year uh, emotionally, just because of some issues I've been having to deal with with my family. I'm walking toward the ocean and I was feeling really low on myself. And then I just heard in my head, it was just like, like, I brought you here because you were supposed to be here. I don't want anyone else. Like, you don't need to be anyone else. Like, I want you. And it was just like came in. It wasn't me thinking it. And it was just like, oh, now I'm going to start crying in the street with like people walking around, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. Like, it's just be, I feel the more we're open to possibilities and allow our mind to relax, like even our head space. Cause I at least noticed for me, I'll clamp down in focus mode. And so it kind of narrows my vision. But if I just relax, my body and even like the muscles around my scalp I know that sounds weird um, um, but like makes sense I can I can just connect more to guidance and so you know that's just kind of where I'm at right now I mean it's work in progress one day I'll be full on God mode I mean those are goals who knows but uh, okay. maybe I'm just being a hyperbolic but
0: yeah
2: or completely arrogant but you know um it's just kind of a fun goal to have why not have a goal in life right <laughs>
0: yeah yeah you hit, the nail on the head too, you hit the nail on the head too in regards to just like how the physical impacts you like you say oh it's funny but like I mean as a body worker like when you work on someone's head you know and you relax those you relax those muscles around the head and the face the, their life changes mm-hmm. like I mean maybe not permanently sometimes it can be but just how then they're then interacting with themselves and their environment and their relationships. It's it's extremely powerful.
1: Your mm-hmm. touched my face and then my life was completely transformed by the grace of your yeah.
0: I just like every day when we're on Zoom, I just like, I have my hands up and I just send them to Joel's head, you know, and I just go, I relax him. And then all of a sudden he just, all this amazing wisdom comes out during our podcast, during our coaching programs. It's it's amazing.
1: Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to episode coming out with Eileen McCusick, you know, he talks about the biofield anatomy and, and sound yep. tuning. And post, post the recording, she like, you know, did some kind of energy work on me via Zoom. And it blows my freaking mind how this can impact me, you know, when she's
0: thousands of miles away.
2: Yeah. Quantum entanglement. It's a thing. I fully believe it.
0: Yeah, and she gave some a different reason I think for it too as well. I don't know, I forget what it was, but oh wait, I can't say. We, did she talk about it in the episode or no? You have to listen did to she, it again. I think. <laughs> I, I think that. Yeah, I think that part she did. <laughs> Anyways, again, we want to think like we know, we understand how this works, and yet we fucking don't in a lot of ways, okay. and that's the humility that I think people are missing. Like I don't love that word, you know, because you look it up and it's like, oh, I have a low sense of your self importance. But in in regards to like knowledge, in regards to like experience out there, I think like that level of humility to know like, hey, you know, I know I was raised in a certain religion or a certain family or I read a few articles or a book like that doesn't mean you fucking have the whole sense of the world and reality and and truth figured out. And so can you sit with that and go, maybe I don't know. Again, I keep coming back to this because it's it's been huge in my own journey. It's like a somewhat, big adventure. Yeah. Like.
2: I just like it. Sorry. Sorry. To
0: no, no, no worries. But it's like, you know, check, like we got to check ourselves, you know, we really have to check ourselves, you know, and, and, and just come to these, these inner knowings of, 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 I, I, I like people don't want to admit they're wrong. They don't want to admit they don't know as a general thing. And that, that, that alone would change humanity. <laughs> like would change mm-hmm. relationships. And communication and dialogues and how we feel about ourselves and others
2: I feel like uh, like another goal aside from God mode right is uh to ha- yeah the <laughs> um, is to have my heart completely open in such a way where nothing like that could hurt you know where it's just like okay wrong but there's an adventure here like there's so much to learn it, mm-hmm. we could just like reframe it in such a way where it's like, yeah, okay, I didn't get it quite right, but that means there's so much more to explore. Life's Life can never get boring if you think of it that way, where it's just like this open-hearted existence of I'm here to take in and radiate, like take in the experience and radiate that like enthusiasm, that sense of adventure. And even like love again, like like the idealist is so coming out today, but it's very much like to me a goal where it's like i want to be an old woman with a smile on her face not this angry like where i'm an angry old woman yeah. kind of face i want to be like what i like i'm here to love and i want the adventure and if i'm wrong that's one thing cuz i cling to that like oh cuz i mean you know i i was pretty smart growing up and so it was always the thing i'd get recognized for and so when you're when you're relying on that and then you find out you're wrong it's like ah My pride, but as you grow through it, it's like, you know what? It's actually not a big deal. And it, and the more you make it less of a deal, the more you can just like let go of so much that you're holding on. Like, like that, it's, I don't know, to me, I would much rather not give a shit about stuff that doesn't matter. And to me, being wrong doesn't matter if you care about the truth more than anything. My opinion, of course.
1: That's a good one. Well said. Sarah, in closing, I know you have this new offering called the Lucifer Report. Do you want to give oh, people a little rundown about what that is?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, the Lucifer Report. So, um, I I offer readings on a variety of topics, but one of the most important angles that I like to look at in astrology to support people's self-reclamation is the archetype of Lucifer. Because it is um, synonymous, at least in the human collective, with where the most sabotaging evil exists in our psyche. And when I say sabotaging, it's because it's very hidden. It tends to, um, and it is a part of our psychology. Like it's not some outside attacker, you know, um, from the angle that I I look at it from in astrology. So we use this archetype to explore where we're connected to maybe pride or hubris or some sort of uh, masochism or sadism that is, uh, you know, sabotaging our clarity of sight. Um, the Lucifer archetype tends to, when it's operating from what I would call it like the Lord of Lies side of it, it's a dual archetype, of course, bearer of light, Lord of Lies. Uh, with the Lord of Lies side, it literally will lie to you and use your emotions in order to convince you that the trajectory you're on and the choices you're making are what you want. But in the end, very often we can look back at the road and say, that's not where I wanted to go. This isn't what I wanted to create. So we look at it in order to understand how to flip it into the bearer of light using things like the law of polarity, like looking at the polarity of it, understanding um, its past trajectory, its future trajectory, so that we can see how we can own the archetype. Because there's good things in the bearer of light, like the one who will stand against false gods, false authorities, the one that is in service of humanity from a place of being the most beautiful and favored by the divine it's where we really can shine. And so to me, it's like like I was saying earlier, we want to go and sift through the growth stuff and look in there because it's where a lot of our greatest power is. And the Lucifer archetype is certainly an opportunity there. So that's where I'm coming from with it. It's a call um, that we get on together where I examine a person's Lucifer in their chart and I scrutinize it quite thoroughly so that we can get really clear on how this force is sabotaging and how we can transmute it. And um, I also offer email and text follow-up support with that, too. So it's a, it's a really, really great offer.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and also, like, Sarah is, uh, in, in my opinion, a practitioner of, of deep integrity. Um, you know, we, we personally vouch for her. Um, she, again, does one call a month inside a membership community, Friends of the Truth, um, diving into these different astrological archetypes per month as well. So if you feel called, um, definitely recommend uh, working with Sarah. She's on Instagram at Adept Guidance. All the websites, is adeptguidance.com? Yes, it is. Cool. Yeah. We'll, put, we'll put those in the show notes as well. Um, always good to connect. Always good to hang. Always good to, you know, bounce these different thoughts and feelings off each other. And just appreciate you so much.
2: Oh, yeah. I love you guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, same here. it's always a good time.
1: Yeah, totally. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. What'd you think of that, bro?
0: It was great, man. I love, uh, I love Sarah. You know, I've had amazing readings with her. Uh, she's such a, uh, a gift to our community and, uh, I love how she talks about things and it was a great conversation. You know, I definitely echo and highlight the things that were talked about. Um, I think more people need to really embrace uncertainty and not knowing and, uh, accept when maybe they're wrong and to deal with that and what that, how that impacts them. Yeah, absolutely, man. Definitely a theme in my life, even from
1: a human design perspective. You know, my life theme is that of uncertainty. So, you know, something I've been grappling with for a a long time and learning to get comfortable in shaky ground, I think is imperative, dude, because the more that we cling to certainty, the more that we cling to rigid ways of being, I think the more we withhold ourselves uh, from growth and evolution as well, you know, because that's where the magic is, man.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. And, um, you know, we're moving through these different cycles that are happening and, um, you know, people need to build greater and greater awareness. And I like systems like astrology. You know, a lot of people can sit there and go, oh, I'm going to believe this stuff. It's bullshit. But like human design, astrology, you know, the source cards, different things, tarot, you know, they really highlight things that can really benefit a person on their individual journey. And even just from a human design standpoint, you know, we're moving to a 400 year cycle. And emotional intelligence and more capacity within our nervous system is going to be important. You know, we're moving to a much more individualistic way of being. And so what can the individual do to prepare themselves? So, it, you know, it definitely piggybacks piggybacks on a lot of what Sarah talked about in the episode, um, that your inner work, like you you can control, like you can't control all the shit happening in this world. You You can't. But what can you control? And that's how you react you know, how you feel to certain things happening, what, you know, being honest with yourself on what you need to do. Yeah. You can control your world, you know? So, um, I mean, the journey continues for me, the journey continues for you, the journey continues for each uh, and each listener right now. And, you know, just be as fucking real as you can be, you know, truthfully feel your feelings, feel what comes up when you come to these realizations of, you know, maybe things aren't Going how you want them to go, like radical self-honesty is the medicine, and feeling the feelings that go along with those realizations when you are honest with yourselves, with yourself. For sure, man.
1: Um, you know, ex- experientially, the the benefit of you know these different divine arts, be it astrology, tarot, human design, is undeniable. In my own experience, they've changed me profoundly. Um, and yeah, to me, man, the truth is the ultimate self-development tool the more that we can align with truth the more that we can hold truth the more that we can let truth come through us and impact our relationships our choices our decision making our work how we interact on social media um what we do on a daily basis the truth about what we're withholding from ourselves you know there's so much potential available to us and that is the, that is the real accelerator that is the real biohack it's connection
0: to truth at the end of the day um, that's that's what i've discovered anyway I hear you, bro. I'm on the same page. But, anyways, everyone listening, thank you so much. Again, if you're into what we do, um, you know, write a review wherever you are, follow us, share the episodes, and uh, we're going to keep doing what we do. And we really appreciate the support. Yeah, for sure. And also,
1: just as a primer, for those interested, next weekend we'll be holding a Cyber Weekend early bird sale for round eight of Rise Above the Herd. Um, round eight is going to kick off January 8, 2024. Um, so if you've contemplated a rise above the herd and you're down um, starting next weekend, you'll have the opportunity over the course of three or four days to join the course at a cheaper rate than it ever will be during the, um, the official pricing and onboarding period. So guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. This is for the this is the real one now. See you next time. Smoke and mirrors. I'm seeing through the Waking up in a time they think you're in a delusion Somebody set the alarms Cause they be too busy snoozing I'm in a DeLorean Fast forward and ever